Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This is Sarah. This is Jenna, and you're listening to Getting Candid with Name Three Songs. Today, we are getting candid with Indio Downey. His new single, Plastic Rainbow, is out now, and according to him, it is a love song about a previous addiction. It's an emotional roller coaster that spans from fond memories to sadness and rage. Indio started putting out music under his own name for the first time in 2022 after playing with several bands over the years. So we're getting candid with Indio about how he's really been focusing on songwriting with his new project, how he's drawing inspiration from punk music and the protest that it stands for. Um, and he also opened up to us about his addiction and how he wrote about it on his song, Plastic Rainbow. So we'll be right back with him after this. Hi, India. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. So you debuted with your solo project in 2022. What was it about last year that made you want to put out music into the world? Well, you know, I know recently things have been really chaotic, just, you know, given the, the pandemic and the whole thing. But um, I'm pretty creatively consistent, just like no matter what's going on, I feel like uh, music always gives me an opportunity to vent and, um, you know, express the way that I'm, I'm feeling. So in all honesty, I think it was more just where I was at with, uh, with you know, with my own creativity and kind of writing and recording this album. And um, it's been, you know, a couple of years in the making. So um, I think I think there was a part of me that just wanted to do something creative and record something and, and get it out there and, you know, for people to hear it. Yeah. I mean, prior to this, you had like a band project called The Dose. It seemed like there was a break in between like the two projects, basically. And so does making solo music to you feel different? And like, was there something about this music that you're putting out now that felt like, oh, I want this to have like my name on it rather than be kind of like a group project sort of thing? Well, in a way, I think for me, it, it, it's more, it's been more about uh, the music mm -hmm. and that was much heavier. And for me, this is kind of more become about um, like songwriting. Okay. Does it feel different to you putting out music under your own name? Like, does it feel like special or different in any, any kind of way? Well, you know, I mean, it, it does. This is my first time doing a solo project. And so it's kind of a new experience mm -hmm. for me, but, um, you know, it's a, it, it's a very different vibe. You know, it's um, I don't have that that crutch uh, of hiding behind a name. You know, it's very real. I think we can both definitely relate to that. So I'm curious because a lot of us have kind of like these key moments in our personal relationship to music and like our journey throughout life that really kind of like form us and shape who we are. So I'm curious if there was anything that stood out to you of this moment of like music is what I want to be doing. Music is like what I have to be doing. I know, I know there are certain bands out there that the first that that you know the first time I heard them, I'm just like trying to think like, you know, Weezer. I know like there was a period where I was listening to a lot of Weezer, mm -hmm. and that kind of rubbed off on me the whole songwriting part of that, and that that really influenced me to, you know, like still do the heavy thing, but also focus on you know songwriting. 
So you keep coming back to songwriting as something that you're really focused on right now. Because obviously you said like with the dose, it was like more heavy and like you were focused like more on the music and now it's more on songwriting. Is this like a new love that you found for you, like with songwriting? You know, it's in a way. Yeah. You know, I, I think the better I become at writing songs and the more I learn about it, the more I enjoy doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think I've become, before I was kind of doing both at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think just songwriting is new. Yeah. Just, um, you know, songwriting without heavier songs is new. Well, it sounds like you very much have grown up with music being a part of your life and playing music since you've been a teen. How do you feel like your relationship to music and like how you approach it has evolved? Well, you know, I mean, I think that's part of it. Um, you know, kind of transitioning into just it being just my solo project. But also, you know, I, I mean, I think just also my influences have changed a lot, you know, and I think I take it more, much more seriously now than, than I used to. What are some of your influences? Like you say, they've changed. Can you give us some from before versus now? I think earlier on I was, you know, I mean, Led Zeppelin and Nirvana were mm -hmm. two of my first biggest influences. And then recently, you know, it's like um, I've been listening to more like the Pixies and like Weezer and Sex Pistols, a lot of punk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of rubbed off on me as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think you can hear that like in the songs that you have out on Spotify right now, like the influences while also it being like your own take on it, which I think is really cool. Is there something like specific about, cause I know like a lot of people when they think punk or they think grunge, they think of like a sonic sound, but also I feel like lyrically speaking, those two genres of music have a really interesting way of songwriting. And so is that something that drew you to those genres and like why you wanted to make music similar to that? You know, I mean, for me, like the heavier stuff is kind of more like, you know, metal mm -hmm. and then obviously rock and like punk rock and I think there's there's something about like punk rock to me that's just um it's really it's hard to put my finger on exactly what it is but it's like it's more of a protest you mm -hmm. know and it's more about the songs and it's less about the the guitar you know mm -hmm. which I like yeah definitely yeah, it's definitely the spirit of punk yeah because I think like when you think of like the Sex Pistols for one like I feel like they're one of those bands that like everybody knows but not everybody listens to if you know what I mean and so like there is that automatic thought of just like loud music that a lot of people are kind of like oh I don't think this is for me and then when you get to the lyrics they're actually like very deep and meaningful and, like you said kind of like protest songs where like there's a lot behind it is that something that like you're hoping to do as you continue to make like more solo music is where like there's like a deeper message to the lyricism in the songs yeah you know i mean you know i i do have a lot of like uh you know kind of like rage as well yeah. about you know things which i which i hear a lot in like punk but yes um you know i'd actually i would love to be able to find a way to to write a song that has you know deeper meaning but also you know is maybe like you know about anarchy or you know is you know is able to incorporate like that as well you know yeah, yeah. in talking about writing music and what you've been working on lately in september you released a song called plastic rainbow what was the inspiration for this song so plastic rainbow you know i actually you know i wrote it on guitar first here at my place mm -hmm. came up with the melody after that 
and it's about it's about basically uh, it's about uh, it's a love song um, but it's uh, it's about like past addiction mm-hmm. i mean i guess so songwriting is kind of twofold right because it's like for you to express yourself and that's one thing but also then putting out into the world is kind of a whole other thing of people hearing it so what was your experience doing both the songwriting and releasing it well you know i actually funny enough when i first wrote it after I recorded it, you know, I was playing it for my band at the time and I was wound up feeling like I didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, we should, we should not even use it. And then my bass player, Chris, was like, no, you should use it. Like, you know, and so it's been funny, like, you know, just thinking about, you know, how other people perceive things as opposed to how I perceive them. Yeah. You know, yeah. all the way like making a music video. And, and then, so yeah, I've had moments of thinking like, maybe he was right, you know, maybe, yeah. Maybe I was wrong <laughs> to, to we shouldn't use it. Well, I think like when something is that personal, it can be really difficult to put it out into the world, especially when it has like a multi-layered meaning behind it. So I can understand like even if maybe at the time you weren't thinking about it like that, but when it is so personal, like it must be difficult to like not only let your bandmates and friends hear it, but know that other people who don't know you are going to hear it. Right. Yeah, it is. I totally agree with that. You know, it. I do feel very vulnerable sometimes, you know, but I always love, you know, it's it, like a fan actually messaged me earlier today being like, I love Plastic Rainbow. And like, I saw that and I, that meant a lot to me. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I love it. And so I think it's, it's definitely, definitely been worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great to hear. I know you mentioned you did a music video for this one and it felt very 90s inspired as well. But I'm curious, like when you're doing music videos or even when you're on stage, do you feel like you kind of have to step into a persona or like personify yourself to kind of be like a showman? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's uh, definitely, definitely important to, you know, it's like playing shows, try to, uh, you know, uh, bring a lot of energy to the table, mm-hmm. you know, which is what I try to do. And, you know, it's like, I love performing live, you know, it's like one of my favorite things to do is, you know, is again, that fan engagement and also just, you know, being able to let loose and solo and, you know, have fun with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. think that's, that's a part of being a showman too, is being able to just have fun with it, you know, and, and, um, so that's what I try to do. Yeah, absolutely. And when you did the music video for this one, do you feel like you had to go into it with like a certain mindset also of kind of performing? Yeah, I mean, I knew what I was, what we were doing going into it. So I was able to kind of like practice a little bit beforehand, like in this scene, I'll do this or in this scene, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you never know how a music video is going to turn out. Like I've done music videos before where I thought it was going to look really good and then didn't like it, you know, so, but I'm actually pretty pleased with the way this one came out. And um, I really just tried to approach it like, um, you know, just trying to be really level headed and, you know, not take it like myself too seriously, Yeah. you know, what happens, what was happening naturally, you know, and had to, again, try to have fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's really important because like, especially now with like social media, how it is and just like everybody being so accessible, I feel like people can tell a lot easier when an artist is putting out music that maybe isn't something that they actually like. I feel like growing up, there was like a lot of bands that I listened to that just like played the music because they thought it was cool. So it, it it's cool in you talking about like you wanting to be like 
authentic and like the connection that you're having with your audience. And I think that that's really relatable and nice to hear when like we're seeing so many people just like performing for an audience, like in front of their phone constantly, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think there's there's something about, you know, kind of over producing something or, or taking something too seriously to the point that it's fake, that that I don't think people are in some ways, you know, there's there's a, a market for it these days, but then there's also I feel like some people just aren't uh, aren't drawn to it, you know, because it's not real. Yeah. And so I not try not to do that that much, you know. And so you mentioned also a bit like with the fan interaction aspect of it and that being something that you enjoy. And have you seen a crossover from the people who listen to your music prior to this now and them being like just as engaged with it? Or has it been something where like because the music is so different that it's been a bit of like having to gain a new set of listeners? I feel like it's been both, mm-hmm. you know. I think fans have been have been supportive of this, yeah. which is amazing, you know. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. But, you know, it's been both. I think I think uh, there's been feedback of, you know, people not liking, you know, it not being heavy and then other people responding the opposite of being like I love, you know, how, you know, these um these songs, you know, and just the melody and the whole thing. So, you know, it's been, I feel like the results have been slow, but I feel like it's just getting to the point where it's, I think fans are like getting used to it, you know, and, and again, reaching out to me and being like, I like this and, you know, watching the, the, the videos and everything, which is, you know, which is all that I could hope for. So, yeah, I'm happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that like you kind of are a creative person by nature. And so you've probably, you know, been writing music a lot, even if you're not necessarily releasing it. And so now that you're in this period of releasing music of like last year and coming into this year, does this feel like a very exciting time for you? Oh, absolutely. No, this is I mean, this is all I've ever wanted is to just be able to, you know, have this opportunity to, um, you know, again, vent and and express myself and, and hope that it, you know, it, it makes people happy, yeah. you know? Yeah, definitely. And so, I mean, in talking all of this, like, in our podcast, we talk a lot about, like, the implications of, like, what fame means and how people deal with fame. And I mean, like, you grew up fame adjacent, basically. And do you feel like that's affected your music and, like, how you go about presenting yourself when it comes to putting your music out? Um, well... You know, I, in a way, you know, my dream has always been to be able to, um, you know, have a career mm-hmm. uh, making music and, you know, like have my own band or be it, you know, my solo project or not. So, I mean, in a way, this is a dream come true. Yeah. But it's like that did start with having, you know, being able to bear witness to what was going on, you know, um, yeah. when I was growing up, which was, you know, there was a lot of. I was met a lot of people and w- w- witnessed a lot of situations that were very that really were that in a way, yeah. you know. And it's like I would fantasize about that when I was younger and be like, "Wow, you know, I really want that," mm-hmm. you know, or that's something. That it definitely had a, a big impact on me growing up, you know. And, yeah. Do you think that it like at all has changed the way like you want to handle like in regards to like being a musician and being out there because I know like sometimes there have been small artists that don't understand at all like basically like on our podcast we've talked about how there are musicians who 
know nothing about the entertainment industry whatsoever. And they get into these situations where they get trapped in like bad record deals or in situations where they're being forced to create music that they don't want to create based off of like how they look and like what people's expectations of them are because of like just like an outward appearance alone. So do you feel like in a way knowing a little bit more about how the entertainment industry has worked is like made you be able to like trust your instinct when it comes to like what music you're doing and like who you trust to come inside like your creative process you know i i've, I've seen both sides of it yeah you know, i've seen people who really responded well to kind of more um you know like fortune and fame and then we people who really you know swore by more going the more independent route and so i guess at this point you know i kind of feel like you know i'm, I'm still i'm still learning i'm definitely still learning about it yeah. But I think that um, I'm kind of open, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I'm, I'm still learning about it. I'm, I'm, you know, it's like I try to prioritize like the music, you know, mm-hmm. and if something if, if something, you know, was to come up in which that was more that, you know, paved the way to more like fortune or, or whatever, mm-hmm. then, you know, like, so be it. But I also know that, you know, it's like I think there's something to going the more independent route as well, yeah. you know, and just. You know, because I know a lot of people have been taken advantage of, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, it's like, um, I think I just, I try to prioritize, like, the music and let that guide me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned, like, Nirvana, the Pixies, Weezer. These are artists that obviously have had a lot of success, but kind of in the very grunge punk alternative sense of what success means. Just as thinking in compared to, like, radio mainstream what you would consider a pop artist and we've also like thought a lot about how the idea of celebrity is very different now than it was 20 years ago than it was in 2000 than it was in the 80s in which like you had like the rolling stones being so famous but people didn't really know them all that well because of there just wasn't the internet right like they weren't (laughs) so accessible unless you like went to their show or like they did like radio interviews or they did like magazine interviews that's really like when you heard from them but now like pop stars are so kind of almost accessible really with social media just being at our fingertips and then being able to post themselves so I'm curious like if you have any thoughts and opinions based on you know where you know you've said your music influences lie if you have any opinions on this kind of idea of like the mystery around fame or celebrity I mean I think it's really important to um, you know to to engage with fans you know but Again, you know, I think that that really it's what uh, fans are drawn to and what they're looking for at the end of the day isn't something uh, overly contrived or produced. You know, it's something that's coming from the heart mm-hmm. and is real, and um, you know, is something that is that is you know actually meaningful. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that the people who are able to find a way to, um, you know, not go that route of, you know, being fake are, are actually the people who wind up being uh, more respected. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I think like a good example of somebody who is really great with their fans and like really just was like, I'll do the media, but like I really don't want to would be like Kurt Cobain. I feel like a lot of like what you're talking about in regards to like your interest in lyricism and like the connection with fan feels very similar to watching back his career and like his dedication to like the fans and everybody kind of being there for the music, which I think is really incredible. And because like you do see so many people who seem to be like just making music 
music to hopefully have people be, be like obsessed with them rather than like collectively obsessed with like the lyrics, which I feel like is kind of like the backbone of grunge. So I'm just curious, like if I mean, it feels like that's something you've thought about, but is it? Yeah, I mean, Nirvana, you know, and Kurt were one of my biggest, you know, influences. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that I think that, you know, that is just a perfect example of someone who did something that, you know, that was really raw and from the heart, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and and kind of dark and, you know, um, that and then and people really responded to it, you know, and then obviously it became it evolved into something a little bit more corporate uh, later on. But, you know, I think that I think what people love and what, what I know I love about Nirvana isn't the the corporate huge side of them yeah. or the fact that they were really big or overly produced or whatever it's really it's just the it was just the music you know and and the 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 feeling and the emotion and and the vibe and just there's something about it that it's like uh you can you can really connect with it you know yeah I think that's so important and so significant, especially throughout rock music, because like a lot of naysayers of rock music will be like, oh, it's just loud guitars, like it doesn't mean anything when that's really like not what it was about at all. And so many people pour their hearts and souls, especially into like rock music and like musicians in general, like music is often an outlet for people to express themselves and to kind of have a cathartic experience. And on our podcast, we talk a lot about mental health and the importance of, you know, taking care of your mental health. But in our society today, like, like there's been a lot of stigma specifically around men seeking help for mental health. And so I'm curious if you feel like you've had to deal with any stigma around mental health. I don't think I've, no, um, I think it's more, I've had to deal with a stigma surrounding um, addiction mm -hmm. in the past, but um, you know, I'm actually sober now. Congratulations. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. So I feel like it's, it's not as intense now as it, as it has been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As we were like talking about earlier, like you said in your lyricism, you are covering the topics of dealing with like your addiction and overcoming that. And so, I mean, in conjunction, like with the mental health conversation, I feel like a lot of musicians utilize songwriting and then performances as like an outlet for mental health and like dealing with those issues, whether that be like depression or addiction or whatever you're suffering from like do you feel like finding music and especially now that you've been focusing more on songwriting is something that you're utilizing as that it like in that kind of way yeah definitely you know i think i've had a lot of dark moments in the past where it's like i've turned to music and music and always, has always been there um that i don't think i would have um, been able to you know make it through without music mm -hmm. so like you know those those things are are things that I think a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. So I think there's, it's like in writing about those things, I guess my hope also is that, you know, someone out there will hear it and be like, you know, I'm going, I can relate to that because I'm going through the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about music and in part why we all love music so much is because it is relatable and it is human stories and it is a way that we connect to each other. I agree. Yeah. I just like, I really think it's really beautiful, like how 
important you realize like the lyricism is because I feel like that's weirdly like it doesn't feel like something people talk about as much as like when I used to buy magazines to like read like Jenna was saying like you used to have to buy magazines you used to have to buy magazines to read about your favorite singer like I feel like fallout boy for me it was like a big band and like Pete would always talk about like how important the lyricism was and that like even though the lyrics are very weird if you listen to fallout boy but it's like something that like to him it has one meaning and then to listeners it has another meaning and so I think also back to like the fan conversation thing that we were having before has it been interesting for you like when fans do interact with these songs and like the themes that they might be picking up in your lyricism compared to like the place you were coming from in writing the songs absolutely i i I think i think that um you know songs should uh, be able to take on a new meaning to people Mm -hmm. you know yeah i think that's you know that's i think that's the cool part about you know uh someone listening to someone else listening to a song is they may interpret it in uh you know an entirely different way but there's nothing wrong with that yeah it's like that that might be better than what the song was actually about (laughs) (laughs) yeah both experiences from the artist and the fan are, are valid so in thinking of you know everything where you've gotten to this point today and releasing music what do you have coming up that people can look forward to well, I have an EP release show at El Cid on November 14th, mm-hmm. and I'm also releasing an EP called Cigarettes in Bed. Amazing. We will definitely be looking forward to hearing more from you. We do have one fun little end question that we like to end with. So the ethos of our brand, Name Three Songs, is to help empower fangirls, and we think it's really important to celebrate the things that we all love unapologetically. So India, what are you a fangirl of? A fangirl of. <laughs> um, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I I must say one of my guilty pleasures is uh, the Goo Goo Dolls. The Goo Goo Dolls? Yeah. I love Amazing. that. <laughs> <laughs> Why a guilty pleasure? I don't know. <laughs> Something about them. Yeah. I feel like you need to just like be loud and proud about loving the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah. Well, no, I'm 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 a big fan of uh, that song, Iris. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a, that's a great song. Well, this has been a lovely conversation. It's been so great chatting with you about songwriting and everything. So thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate. I think it's so beautiful how passionate Indio is about songwriting because I feel like so often it's like obvious to us as listeners that the songwriting process is like very in-depth and very personal and all that sort of stuff. But I feel like sometimes artists are like a little bit embarrassed to talk about like how just how personal the music is. Like I know that they talk about it, but I just feel like the way he talked about it was so beautiful and it clearly really meant a lot to him to be able to finally get those emotions he's been feeling out on paper and into song. Yeah, I definitely feel like he's being thoughtful with how he's approaching this project. Yeah, and I feel like on top of that, like the goals he has for it and like his interest in like punk and the way that punk music has utilized lyricism, like we talked about in the interview, it's like so many people think about punk and they just think about noise and like like anger and like the way they dress and stuff like that. And his love of the way that they write songs, I think it's really setting the, setting the stage for like what we can expect from his project going forward. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we can look forward to his EP at the beginning of November. So thanks everyone for getting candid with us and Indio Downey. This has been Sarah and Jenna from Name Three Songs. And if you want to listen to this again, it will be on our podcast feed this Sunday. And if you want even more time with Jenna and myself, you can get your pop culture fix with us on new episodes of our podcast, Name Three Songs, every Wednesday. That's Name the Number Three Songs on all podcast platforms. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.